Want to talk? Want to do a podcast? Hey. Hey, morning. <laughs> what? Do you all have your glasses on today? I do have them on today because we are still doing our book study and I have my contacts in so I, I can either see far or read. One of those. Yeah, I, so I can't do both. Yeah. So there you go. Well, but it's okay. At least you haven't stepped into the wild world of progressives. So. Not yet, but I'm headed that way. Yeah. So, yeah. we're still reading. What we, Can y'all like and subscribe and share? Help help these girls out, everybody. Yes, we are still reading Bittersweet. Yes. By Shauna Nequist. Nequist? I say Nequist, but I don't know if that's right. You're the I, one with the speech. I know, but that really degree. doesn't mean anything. Because if you had Stephanie on there, it would be Stephanie, not Stephanie. So I say Nequist. That's it, says Shauna. What do you mean, Stephanie? I, okay, never mind. <laughs> I meant the end of the word Stephanie is N I E. Oh, oh my gosh, got we're you. so completely got you. That's on different pages. This is what happens when she leaves me for a weekend trip. My, 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 whatever gets out of whack. It's okay. All right, I'm going to survive. You needed it. It's fine. Yeah, it was great. Okay, Sea Dreaming is chapter 11. So this is when she goes to see her brother and his friend, yes. Joe. Is the and, friend's name Joe? Yeah, and they are embarking on a year-long boat trip around yeah. the world, I guess. They, like, sold their bikes, like, their motorcycles, their TVs, their guitar. Everything. Why wouldn't you take your guitar on that? I don't know. I would take my guitar if I knew how to play it on a Well, boat. you'd think you'd have all the time in the world to learn, you well, know? That's true. I could teach myself while I was on the I mean, sailboat. yeah. But anyway, they decided to go see them because they're in Fiji, right? Yes. And so mm -hmm. it's like an unplanned trip, and her parents are like, we'll give you our frequent flyer miles so that, you know, you can go. Because it it's very expensive. Yeah. And meanwhile, while they're gone, incidentally, they their basement floods. Yes. Yeah. Their basement floods. Uh, they lose their credit card yeah. in O'Hare International. Mm -hmm. um, it just starts out really, really rough. And there's nothing they can do by then. Yeah. So she talks about, we just talked about her other chapter when she was talking about being with her friends in California. And they mm -hmm. had all that time to kind of like breathe and like hear each other out and like get to the deeper things that are hard to accomplish by text and email and voicemail so she kind of talks about that a little bit again she said the combination of being so far away and of living according to eat to such entirely different rhythm cut through convention and polite conversation made it possible to talk about all the things that usually lie several levels down she said sometimes we have to leave home in order to find out what we left there and why it matters so much that's my washer. That's right. Anyway, so because she's talking about how Joe, her, her brother's best friend, like loves to go and he's always on an adventure, mm -hmm. but he's not like totally settled like where he is. Like he's always wanting to be where he's not. You know, yeah. so even uh, they're in Fiji and they're doing all these amazing things, he has proposed to his girlfriend and he's ready to get back to her. Mm -hmm. So leaving home like helps to see, okay, I, I do love home, you know and reevaluate some stuff. She said, the four of us have spent thousands of hours together, so many summers and vacations, boating and joking and talking about nothing, but this is a funny season all four of our lives. One with more questions than answers when it's kind of all open, waiting to be recreated. 
each on the cusp of something, but we don't know what. We talked about how we think God made each of us and what we're good at and what we're not and what we might do and what we never will. I love that. I thought that was really good. Because those are the kind of conversations that just speak to you, you know, especially with your people. Well, and she talks a little bit about how I think this might be the chapter where they, um, yeah, talked about dreaming about what they might do and then helping each other dream for each other. Like, yes, seeing in another person what they're really good about. She said, left to our own devices, we sometimes choose the most locked up, dark versions of the story. But what a good friend does is turn on the lights, open the window, and remind us that there are a whole lot of ways we tell the same story. Um, so I just thought that was, she said, we dreamed for ourselves and for one another. We could do that. You were made for this. I've always dreamed of that. Mm-hmm. So, and she just, just talks about like what a relief it was to her and just like, you know, I don't know. She's a, a big community. She's very much so. And I, I really like that. But I thought that was, I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. to like, they know each other well enough to be able to do be that, that open and honest. Like I was kind of like, I wonder if we could do that with our study. And I think there's pockets in the study that could do it for each other. Like mm-hmm. I might could do it for you and vice versa. And then there's some other ones, but I don't know if we all could do it for each other. Like, I don't know if I know everybody well enough to say, well yeah. enough to oh, I, like, I feel do that. that. But I, I do think that, um, maybe we'll set out a challenge to see, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think that would be really cool. And I know one girl in our group that we, when we have called her out and told her how awesome she is at different things. She cries. She cries. Yeah. Cause and, she's that tenderhearted. And so, and it's just, I don't know. It's just like. I love to like show yeah. the other person like what you see in them and I think and, everybody and, hopes they have characteristics and and attributions of themselves that other people see or they you know you just hope they do and then with particularly for her when we call her out on mm-hmm. it and we're like you don't realize yeah and then it makes her so happy and, and she she's cries. so good at calling it out in other people oh too. gosh yeah and so um Anyway, she's just a sweet heart. She's very, very sweet. So, anything else in that chapter? No. Okay, no. so 12. You hit it, girl. You All right. to hit it. 12. I thought 12 was very interesting. You know, it kind of reminds me, and I don't want this to be taken out of context or in the wrong way, but, you know, girl, there's some southernness going on in this chapter. And uh, she's yeah. like, you know, she has a friend that will call her and ask her, her advice and she never takes it and then she'll bug her about you know do, can you just not pray for me I mean you and then she gets so irritated and she's like I mean why am I praying for her when she doesn't even care and she didn't even want my opinion and she didn't take my advice and not saying that southern people are like that but it, it felt I've been in the south long enough to call myself a southerner but I can kind of feel that sometimes you know you can't you just inherently think oh my gosh I mean why well I mean there's definitely <laughs> that, some truth to it to where like you know there's there's those some people that will just drain you dry. Yeah, you know? and, and, yeah. and you are mm-hmm. like, I, like I love you. I'm trying to give you the best advice, and then you don't want to take it. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'll say I, I don't ever think I've been like. If somebody asks me to pray for them, I'm going to pray for them. Yes. So you know, I, I've never really thought, oh, how dare they ask me for that. But I have been worn down by people who mm-hmm. want constant advice and then they don't take it. And I have to choose to back away from that sometimes because it just is draining and it's not really helping 
them. Yeah. You know? And then also, like, if it's the same prayer request over and over again, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I need some more information to really, like, mm-hmm. get to the root of this to really pray it out because I can't, like, you know, if it's, I don't even know what a good example would be, but sometimes it's boring. No, I know. But I thought that was really good how she says, you know, grace is limitless. So she found it in herself to say, hey, stop, you know, like, I can help you. I, I should never not want to help you. Well, we get to a point, too, where we're like, uh, I don't know. We think we've, like, we've done enough right things, so we've kind of, like, earned it. Like when she says, I prefer to believe instead the math works, that there are good things about me and hard things about me, but that they've checked her friends. They've checked the math, and because I'm funny enough, they can let go of how terrible I look most days or that I'm interesting mm-hmm. enough. The fact that my house is, is dirty isn't that much of a deal, big deal. You know, she said, Grace is smashing the calculator and using all the broken buttons and pieces to make a mosaic. It's the moment you feel as precious and handmade as every star when you feel finally at home for the very first time. Um, to where, like, we don't, Grace is not something that we earn. And I, did you see that last part? You might have, how I used it, but she says, um, so she said, so in these days, I'm on the lookout for Grace, and I'm especially on the lookout for ways that I, withhold grace from myself and from other people at first showing people grace makes you feel powerful like scattering candy from a float on a parade grace for you grace for you you become almost giddy thinking of people in generous ways allowing for their faults absorbing minor irritations and then she goes on she said but then inevitably something happens and it's usually involves you confronting one of your worst selves often in public and you realize that you're not throwing candy off a float to nameless dirty public but rather that you are the nameless dirty public (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i i thought it was was i thought it was good definitely so all right so 25 i thought this was so cute because you when you read it It, it, it is so true. So she talks about being 25 and what you should know at 25 and who you are at 25 and, you know. Kind of what you should be doing. Yes. So I thought it was funny. She'll say, you know, really you need, she made a comment about complaining about a job and um, this pastor was like, hey, talk to me when you're 32. You need 10 good years to figure oh, out who college. you are. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that, you know, it's really true because you do feel like, and I feel like now that I have an older child that, you know, is work in the workforce, not this is not her permanent job because she's still in college, but uh, she's like, gosh, I, I mean, like, is this all there is? And I'm like, not that she doesn't like her job, but mm. I think you have that feeling of, hmm, I don't know. So I'm like, no, 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 no. Just keep trucking through, keep drudging through it. It's going to be, you know, work to where you're going. So I think that's – but I like the way um, – she says, you know, when you're 25, get up and go to church. I don't care how long you stayed out the night before. Make it a habit. Find your church. Figure out who, at 25, you should know what music that you like. Don't don't depend on an old boyfriend. Like, that's what he likes, so that's what I like. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, she says, when you start to hit 28 or 30, everything starts to divide, and you can see very clearly two kinds of people. On one side, people have used their 20s to learn and grow, to find God and themselves and their deep dreams. People who know what works and what doesn't, who have pushed through to become real live adults. And then there's the other kind who are hanging on to their college or high school even. You know, they've stayed in the jobs they hate because they're too scared to get out. They've stayed with men or women who are good but not great because they don't want to be lonely. Mm-hmm. That 
is so true and you see it you see at our age looking back or mm -hmm. like now that our kids are getting older you can see that and it's all you can do not to give your opinion and go hey think about that just think well you know. she gives an example of her friend that was engaged to oh, that yeah. guy and he was a really great guy but he wasn't really even he her wasn't friends were her. like this is not for you but she couldn't see it and she went out and did i don't remember what it was mission work or something and she yeah. was so fueled by it like she was like this is the best thing ever and he didn't even really want to hear about it and i think that's what not to be mean but he just wasn't interested and i think that's what tip finally made her be like you are a really great guy but i don't think you're my really great you're guy. not my guy yeah and um and so i mean that's hard I'm sure, well, it's but probably hard sometimes to hear. you have to give up something to make room for something else. You like know? she said in the previous chapters, what yeah. are you willing to give up? That's true. Or what are you willing not to do? And to do the things you want to when do. When you're talking about jobs and stuff, you know, I think I read somewhere some years ago that people in mm -hmm. our age range are on an average five to seven years of careers. Like, I mean, not, not five or seven years, five or seven careers in their lifetime. Yeah. And so I think like it may even be more so with the younger population, but it's like almost like they feel like, oh, I'm stuck in this forever. And what she's saying in this chapter is, no, you're not. Just try something else. You know, don't, this is the time of your life where you're not too bogged down by uh, financial commitments. Absolutely. Another person, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I love to hear when people go do stuff at this age where they're like, oh, I'm going to do travel nursing because I can. Yeah, because you don't have and all I'm going to go see the world, and then I'm going to make this money, and then I'm going to, you know, save it up for when I want to do something with mm -hmm. it. You know, yeah. Now's the time before you do have a husband and kids, and well, and you all of don't that have that. In. You don't have those freedoms like you used to. Yeah. So, but that was that was a good little chapter. Good little chapter. Okay. Sorry. Right. Thin places. Yes. So thin places. Um, really reminded me of the ranch because i think it mm -hmm. is a thin place the jh ranch in etna california where we took our daughters for mother daughter back mm -hmm. in 17 and then um my three of my four kids have gone and then luke just went for a second win for two weeks but i like the way she she says i guess she has an irish heritage and she studied it and she said um one of her favorite things is the celtic mystic tradition she said, one of my favorite Celtic ideas is the concept of them places. A them place, according to the Celtic mystics, is a place where the boundary between the natural world and the supernatural one is more permeable, thinner, if you will. Like you can feel closer to God in mm -hmm. those places. And I think that's definitely true of the ranch, probably because there's so much prayer that's going on out there. Like they have intercessors that are there every week during the mm -hmm. summer, probably a little bit before and a little after where all they do is pray mm -hmm. you know and so it does seem to be a place where you can hear from the lord a little bit but then she's has a little bit of a funny and she's like there's also a lesser known uh oh, yeah. of the term <laughs> then place refers to those very rare dressing rooms where somehow the light and the mirrors and the cosmos are all working together and magically miraculously every pair of jeans i try and fit <laughs> she said i thought that was cute because she said and I try not to cry, like, let's see, most of the time it's like other dressing rooms. And she said in those other dressing rooms, she tries not to cry when she's forced to confront her underbutt. There's yes. that word again that you're the only person I, I I've ever that. heard. 
And she said, this is my favorite. She said, by the way, if you don't know what an underbutt is, then you don't have one. In that case, Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> it's coming, ladies. I'm sorry. But unless you're like a super like workout diva. Yeah. I, I think you're going to, it's going to come for you. The underbutt. Coming to theaters near you. We're going to have Absolutely. to give Jill some caffeine. I can't help it. Um. But then on down, she says, when you hear music that pierces your spirit, thank God for the gift of music. When you witness generosity that reminds you of the deep goodness of humanity, thank God for the way he created us. When you feel a profound sense of beauty, thank God for it. And just like taking the time to just recognize stuff and thank the Lord for it, just yeah. even the little things. And that spirit of gratitude really does help um, us stay positive. She didn't mm -hmm. really talk about this that much but if you have a lot of thoughts this is biblical if you have a lot of thoughts think of like a small trickle in like the dirt or whatever but it continues to go over yeah. time it gets thicker and thicker and thicker and then you've got a river and mm -hmm. then it's it's bigger and that's how thoughts are either positive or negative so if you yeah. have a lot of negative ones it gets bigger and bigger and harder to manage but if you have a lot of positive ones then um that's a good thing so absolutely yeah very good chapter so that was that was it I didn't read the next one. I didn't either. Because it's for the next week, actually, for um, our next book club. Not tomorrow, but the next one. Well, I, I thought it was good, though. I thought where we're at's good. I yeah. Mean, I think it's just a good book. It's, I don't know. She's entertained. It's entertaining, but educational at the same time. Yeah. And it's or like, like, you know. It's soothing. I find it soothing, kind of. Yeah, I think she, it's like she's kind of like this, a little bit of a hot mess rolled in one. Yeah. But then she's so, she's so funny and she's so, I, I don't know, just feel good. And I like the way how she talks about food. Like she, mm -hmm. like she talks about, this is a previous chapter, but like her memories have to do with food. Like her yeah. husband's a musician, so his memories mm -hmm. have to do with music. And then I think her brother is big into cars, so mm -hmm. he always refers back to you know, oh, that's so-and-so that drove the whatever pickup truck. Yeah. And, but hers is food, and the way she writes it is just like, I don't know. It's like mm -hmm. a bandage. It, like, feels good to me. Like, I'm just kind of like, it's, like, relaxing. So even though, you know, I read this, I think you did too, before, and now I'm having to go back and read it again to remember what I read, it's mm -hmm. not a burden. Like, I'm like, no. I, I can, and mm -hmm. my niece who told me about her actually um, loves that book called Tangerines, which was her favorite, I mean, her first book, and we haven't done that one yet. No, I'm so curious. But she's to read reading it, it a second time because really? she says it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd and like to read it. How old is Lauren? She's like 26. Yeah. I think she's, oh gosh, she might, no, she's 29. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, she's, you know, a resident now and all. Yeah. I mean, you know, super proud, living her best life now. There you go. <laughs> Well, somebody's we, yes, got to, Jill. Somebody's got to do it. I had um, I, I had to go work this thing event last night, and I ran into somebody, and who I think is just precious. And I was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And he said, "If I was doing any better, I'd be you." And I thought that is Aww. the kindest thing to say to somebody. And I was like, I was taken back, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. sweet." So I thought, you know what? I'm going to use that on somebody. Yeah. If I was any better, I'd be you. Yeah. I just thought I that, is so that is so sweet. That's so sweet. It was my nephew. Oh, that works at the school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just haven't seen him. him. Yeah. And I, I hadn't seen him in a hot minute, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, hey!" And he was like, 
hey Jill and I was like how are you he said if I was any better I'd be you and I was like oh my gosh well I don't I've never met him but I know his brother and I love him yeah so anyway that's just food for thought use it on somebody because it makes you feel so good so yeah and it was just such it probably such a shocking compliment that you were like yeah I was like oh that was so so nice. nice yeah so anyway I don't know. Right. We hope you enjoyed it yes. as much as we what are. What are we asking them to do, Jill? Uh, subscribe, like, share. Yes. And listen. All the things. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook at Real Deal Friends and Instagram at The Real Deal Friends. Have questions? Email us at TheRealDealFriends at gmail.com. Thank you.